Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about how low interest rates might help you build your wealth and build your super. In fact, share a bit of a strategy with you that um, wouldn't otherwise work uh, in a normalized interest rate environment. So uh, consider the situation where you've got a couple of thousand dollars each month and you're wondering what to do with it. You know, you could invest in the share market, you could repay your mortgage, could invest in property, although that would require a lot of, you know, increasing your debt levels Uh, by a material amount. Uh, But I think there's another more attractive strategy, um, especially if you agree that uh, mortgage interest rates probably aren't uh, going up anytime soon. Certainly the RBA has commented that uh, they'll be flat for three years, um, but most market commentators, including myself, uh, expect they could be lower for a lot longer. Certainly when we start to think about alternative investments, Uh, such as investing in property, there are uh, lots of uh, opportunities in front of us, particularly in a low interest rate environment. You know, investing in property today uh, really doesn't cost you a whole lot from a cash flow perspective. However, there's two uh, main considerations that I think deter people from investing in property. The first one is the amount that they need to borrow. You know, an entry-level investment-grade property sort of starts around 600000 can't really spend less than that. Uh, so with costs, you're looking at borrowing 650 plus, uh, which isn't a small amount. And particularly if you already have a reasonable amount of debt, uh, it's not something that uh, attracts people that is, you know, wanting to increase their debt even further. Uh, plus also there's obviously been not a lot of good publicity around property over the last couple of years. Now, I don't think that should influence whether you invest in property or not. That's nonsense but it's something that is playing at people's minds. So let's just park investing in property at the moment if you, you know, particularly for people that already maybe have exposure to the residential property market. Next option is to repay debt, but with interest rates around 3%, that's hardly uh, saving you a lot of interest uh, and or helping you really build wealth. Uh, So it's not a terrible strategy, but it's just not a big return on, on investment. Uh, and of course, you could invest in the share market. And I know based on uh, recent ASIC data, a lot of people are doing that, which is a bit scary uh, because I don't think they're probably doing it, normally doing it so well. Um, uh, but investing in shares in your personal name, particularly if you're relatively close to retirement, say 10 or maybe even 15 years away from retirement, uh, there are better vehicles than, say, personal name or family trust uh, for you to able to do that, depending on your asset position, sometimes some diversification is good too. So let's talk about the strategy that I want to talk about. And it's really about um, borrowing to contribute into super. Um, before we get there, though, uh, it's important to just clarify there's really two ways you can get money into super. So two types of contributions uh, being concessional and non-concessional. So concessional contributions are the the thing that you will probably be most common with. And these are contributions that are made on a pre-tax basis, which means that you receive an income tax deduction for them. Uh, You can make up to $25,000 of contributions per annum, uh, which includes any contributions made on your behalf by your employer. So that's the 
superannuation guarantee, the 9.5% that your employer puts in. Uh, You can contribute more than 9.5% as long as you're under the cap uh, by either making salary sacrifice contributions or a personal contribution into your super account. So that's, that's concessional contributions. The second contribution type is called non-concessional contributions and these are made from after-tax dollars. So these you don't get an income tax deduction for them but also consequently nor do they attract any taxes inside super. So normally your concessional contributions are taxed at 15% as opposed to a marginal tax rate uh, whereas non-concessional contributions don't attract any contribution tax at all. If your super balance is less than $1.4 million at the beginning of the financial year, you can, can, you can make up to $100,000 per annum of non-concessional contributions. Alternatively, you can bring forward three years worth of non-concessional contributions into one. So that is, I can contribute $300,000 into super this year and then nothing for the next two years. I've really brought through, forward three uh, years of contributions into one. And I've included um, uh, the, a link in the show notes to the ATS website that provides you more information about um, concessional contributions. Anyway, if you normally, if you borrow to make concessional contributions, the interest in respect to that loan is not tax deductible. And therefore, it makes it an in, in, in expensive strategy in a normalised interest rate environment because you're crystallising a lot of non-deductible interest. And therefore, I wouldn't normally recommend or usually recommend that people do that. But having said that, uh, given that interest rates are low, what I wanted to do is go and do some financial analysis to see if it's actually worthwhile um, borrowing to make non-concessional contributions. And so as I assumed that an investor had $2,000 a month of surplus cash flow and that they could go and borrow $200,000 today to make a contribution into super. Um, they would then direct that $2,000 surplus cash flow towards repaying that $200,000 loan. Uh, and I worked out that if they did that, um, the loan would be fully repaid within 10 years. Um, again, I note that the, or I have taken into account the fact that the interest is not tax deductible. In terms of interest rates, and which is really important because this is the key part of the strategy, in my analysis, I assume they fixed for five years at 3%. Uh, and then after the five years expired, I assumed by that time, in, variable interest rates were 4% and increased half a percent on a straight line basis uh, for the remaining period of the loan. Uh, so they reached 6.5% in 10 years' time. So I've assumed that interest rates will return uh, over time, particularly after that fixed rate period. Uh, what I calculated is the value of the interest paid over the life of that loan, that $200,000 loan, in today's dollars is $32,000. So that's the cost of the strategy, the cost of getting that $200,000 into super today as opposed to investing incrementally over time. So let's look at the results then. After 10 years, the investor's about $51,000 better off in today's dollars. Uh, so if... Uh, you then have to take the interest cost away from that. So they're circa $19,000 better off after 10 years. Isn't a huge amount. Uh, If you have a look after 20 years, it's about $50,000 better off. Now, remember, I've been conservative with my super returns assumptions. 
I've assumed that super returns 7%, but arguably investing today over the long term, uh, maybe you will uh, enjoy uh, above average returns, maybe you won't. But if you do, the difference uh, becomes even more stark. Now, admittedly, those numbers, $20,000, $50,000, isn't a significant amount really in the whole scheme of things. However, this is additional wealth as a result of just implementing a strategy that doesn't really cost you anything. You know, going and getting a loan, establishing a loan for 200000 and putting uh, some money into super really isn't a uh, very laborious uh, exercise. It's really, in a way, free money because the, this additional money is created as a result of the strategy, uh, not a result of um, materialising or working harder or saving harder or doing those sorts of things. Now, obviously, one of the benefits of contributing that, those monies and investing those monies in super is is that, firstly, uh, whilst you're working, all returns, uh, income returns are taxed at 15% only, and capital gain is taxed at 10%. So you're going to pay a lot less tax uh, over the time. And then when you move into retirement, uh, when the super fund is in pension phase, it pays zero tax. So really, you get to invest these monies and potentially not pay any capital gains tax in the long run. Of course, you know, given where markets are at, I don't know what markets will do over the next few months. And investing today could, in a two months' time, look like a silly move. Uh, I don't think it's going to look like a silly move in two years' time, for example. And that's the really important point. When we go to um, or or when contemplating making additional investments in super and or shares, we really need to take a long-term view and understand that what we're trying to do is build long-term wealth. What we're not trying to do is um, uh, aim for very short-term returns and make sure that we're better off in a couple of months' time because it's impossible. No one can really pick where, uh, where markets are going or what markets will do in the short run, so you really just don't need to spend any time worrying about it. But it's absolutely critical that your average investment returns over the next 10 to 20 years are very healthy, and that's the key thing. Uh, Now, there's also an opportunity here um, to really bring forward uh, what's called a downsizer contribution. Uh, So again, for people that are close to retirement uh, and are contemplating downsizing their home, uh, the government um, changed some rules a couple of years ago uh, in 18, from July 18, I think it was, uh, that allowed people that uh, met certain conditions to contribute some of their money as a result of downsizing their home into super and that it didn't get caught in the non-concessional cap. Uh, so in the show notes, I talk about um, maybe if that's someone's strategy in two, three, four years' time, uh, that borrowing by borrowing to make non-concessional contributions today, you potentially get to shift up to $900,000 of equity in your home into super. And again, super is a very tax-effective environment, so that's a good strategy. So anyone that's contemplating uh, retiring in the next, uh, let's say, five to ten years uh, and also downsizing their home, they should have uh, a look at those comments uh, in the show notes or on the blog on the website. Just as a word of warning, I would almost never recommend someone go and dump $200,000 into their super in one hit. So instead, what I would do is spread the timing risk, and I would do that by investing those monies over a number of months in a number of equal tranches. So dollar cost averaging is a really important risk management uh, strategy here. 
and you don't you really need to diversify that timing risk uh, now how many tranches and how many months will really just depend on your overall wealth and position and what you're investing in and all these sorts of things but the really important thing I want to impart is don't put it all at once so uh, no investment strategy is without risk and it's very very important I believe to think about all the things that can go wrong before you become enamored with all the things that can go right because quite often people are seduced by all the upside uh, and that distracts them from any downside uh, whereas I like to ignore any upside first and then think about what can go wrong. So firstly borrowing magnifies your returns so therefore if you if you go and borrow $200,000 and the market drops by 50% uh, you have then lost that money that wasn't yours to really begin with because it's really what you're relying on is your future cash flow to repay that. So you're really investing future cash flow today uh, and that's what the borrowing represent. Uh, so that is uh, a higher risk strategy and something that you really need to, to think about. In the long run, you would hope that if you're investing in the right way uh, that you will still achieve average or above average returns uh, and that a small uh, reduction in capital or, or uh, a reduction in capital in the shorter term uh, shouldn't have a big impact. But mathematically, uh, losing money at the beginning of a strategy uh, is is a is a, um, um, a negative thing, you know, something we don't want to do, obviously. Uh, secondly, if interest rates end up being uh, much higher than what I have projected in my analysis, uh, then uh, the, the benefits will be reduced as well. Uh, so that's something else to, to think about. So they're probably the two things that uh, could upset this strategy, if you like. Uh, finally, a couple of points. Uh, firstly, make sure you've got a high-quality super fund. So in, to my mind, um, a, a quality super fund means strong historical returns, adequate transparency and accountability, so accountability for investment results and transparency in terms of investments and then also low fees. The investment returns produced by some of the big name funds, you know, I mentioned uh, funds like Australian Super, Host Plus, um, CBUS, these uh, really large names that you uh, hear a lot about. The investment returns between those funds can, depending on the time period, can um, vary between 1% and 2% over a long over long periods of time. So just because you're with an industry fund and it's a big industry fund doesn't necessarily mean uh, you're achieving the best returns. Obviously, if you don't have a quality super fund, then putting more money in a lesser quality fund isn't a good strategy. You just don't do it. You know, the quality of your assets directly impacts the quality of your investment returns and that is true also with super. So if you've got a great fund or a great investment methodology or so forth, great, put more money into it. If, if you um, don't have a great fund, and that's probably something you need to sort out before you even uh, contemplate um, borrowing to make uh, non-concessional contributions. So having the right fund and maximising the returns uh, can produce some big compounding impacts. Uh, so that's it. That's my strategy that while interest rates are low, uh, borrowing to make non-concessional contributions uh, is perhaps the you know, first time in history it becomes a, uh, a reasonable strategy to consider. Uh, of course, it's not going to suit everyone. Of course, you need to get your own independent financial advice. Uh, but just something to really think about, particularly for 
uh, people with lower super balances for their age, uh, but higher personal cash flow, uh, if they're in a situation where they'd like to get more money in super, but um, are restricted because of the concessional cap, uh, which is $25,000 a year, then this could be a good strategy uh, for people like them. Uh, I guess the uh, point is, it's really about um, thinking about the strategy. And a strategy can add a lot of value for no additional cost. Uh, And I like to think about this as kind of free money, if you like, because it's available to anyone uh, that receives the right uh, advice. And it's really just about thinking laterally about these things. And a lot of it is rooted in simple fundamentals and basic, basic math. And the basic math is, even though non-deductible debt is more expensive than tax-deductible debt, when interest rates are low, uh, it offsets a lot of the cost. And therefore, we can start thinking about things that or strategies, implementing strategies that we wouldn't have otherwise done if interest rates were higher. And so we need to make sure that our investment strategy is flexible enough to accommodate these sorts of opportunities. Okay, so that's enough uh, prattling on from me. Uh, As always, more information, links and so forth are on the blog on the website and the show notes. And that's it for me. Until next week, bye for now.